the space in between man's and woman's identity is what? Conflict, right? Because there are two things that we have in common. You have our rib, and both of us got breathed into, the, into by the breath of life of God. And that's, that's it. Actually, the difference between our identities show off the vastness of God. Because we're both made in God's image, but we can't be any different, right? Uh, you know, someone co- coined the phrase, um, uh, men are from Mars and women are from Venus, right? And so uh, at, the, at, the, at the intersection point of that is conflict. And um, as preparing for this sermon, I, I became, you know, acutely aware that, man, I swim in conflict. Like, you know, I'm a soccer referee, first of all, so I swim in conflict. Since I've seen most of you laugh, last, I've had two red cards, which is kicking people out of the game. And so uh, I've had two red cards since I've seen most of you last, and I have four boys, so I swim in conflict. I had to get onto the same boy twice in the five minutes it took to get here for the same exact thing. Right? Anybody else? Anybody else? Okay? Gotcha. So, you know, the devil, the devil possesses our children on Sunday morning and Sunday morning only because, you know, we're going to church. Um, so we just swim in conflict. Conflict is everywhere. But uh, I don't know if it's an American thing or what, we, but we do not know how to deal with conflict. We sweep it under the rug. We ignore it. Uh, we just don't want to deal with it because we feel like that if somebody has conflict with us, they don't love us. And then, you know, as, as parents, we don't want to say no, that it cause conflict. But then now we're growing up children that don't know how to deal with conflict. So when a boss shows up to their desks and want to conflict them, they think that the boss is like, you know, their enemy. Because we haven't allowed them to deal with conflict throughout childhood. Because we just won't tell them no. And we just have this conflict-adverse society. If you say something that I don't like, what am I going to do? Unfriend you and unfollow you because, because you have an opinion. And my opinions are the only ones that matter, right? You know, welcome to Facebook, exactly. Especially in a political cycle. So excited for this year. Conflict everywhere, conflict everywhere. And how do we deal with it? And can we survive it? But I think we can actually thrive in it. The brilliance of the Bible, if you kind of struggle with the Bible, uh, I encourage you to read it because, yes, it was written, and what we're reading now is written 3,000 years ago, but yet it's so today as well. Just for instance, the passage, the scene that we are going to read today comes right on, the scene, uh, right on the heels of the scene that we read last week. This steamy, sexy honeymoon scene, and then boom, right into conflict, right? I mean, isn't that real life? We put our head on the pillow at the end of one day and go, man, the kids were good today. I've knocked it out at work today. We had a good night and it ended very well. And then the next week or next day we wake up within five minutes, all hell is broken loose in our home, right? Isn't that life? Isn't that life? And we go, where was yesterday? That was bliss. And now it's not bliss. And the Bible's that way. And the Bible shows this. I'm going to be in Song of Solomon, chapter 5, verse 2. You can follow along on the screen. You can download our, our, our app and find um, the live event in resources. Uh, and we've got all the verses that we're going to use there for you. Uh, the, wo- the woman speaks. The wife speaks. I sleep, but my heart is awake. A sound. 
My love is knocking. Some people think that she's dreaming here, that this is actually a dream sequence, but I, I think that this is, you know, we've had those dreams before where we're dreaming like the alarm's going off and it really is when we actually wake up. This is what I think is going on. She's dreaming about somebody knocking and really it's, it's her man knocking. And this, the, 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 the knocking isn't just a, are you awake? It is a, he is going to wake her up, period. Open to me. This is him talking. Open to me, my sister, my darling, my dove, my perfect one. For my head is drenched with dew, my hair with droplets of the night. Like he starts off kind of like what, what, what we see last week of serving her through words, but he's just like, forget it. It's too early in the morning. We're talking about two or three o'clock in the morning. The whole hair is drenched uh, in, in, in water type of thing. It's, it's, it's not sweat. It's actually um, uh, a phenomenon, as I studied for this sermon, a phenomenon that happens there in Jerusalem that in the middle of the night, the, the dew gets so heavy that, that your hair actually gets drenched like it's been raining. Um, sometimes we might get that close here when it's real foggy and we kind of feel the, the weight of the humidity on us. But uh, I rarely go, my, my head is drenched because of the dew, right? But so what this is showing is that he's come knocking at like 2, 3 o'clock in the morning. He, he wants some. He wants sex. He wants to wake her up to have sex. What's her answer? I probably don't have to read this, right? But here, here we go. I have taken off my clothing. How can I put it back on? I've washed my feet. How can I get them dirty? Like, we've never had this happen in our homes, right? Like, he went sex at an inappropriate time. She's like, I ain't having any. Here's all the excuses why I ain't having any. Never before. And I'm not looking for a raise of hands or an elbow or anything like that, okay? Just keep it nice here. So we have conflict. In the middle of this extremely steamy book, we have a conflict in this marriage. What we see from this first section is this. Selfish lovers miss opportunities. Both people have dug their heels in. And maybe you're saying, especially ladies, you're like, you mean to tell me no matter what I'm supposed to put out? Hold on, hold on. Let's talk about conflict, not about sexual conflict. Let me illustrate this outside of marriage to bring it back into marriage. About a week ago, a week ago Friday, uh, the, 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 the extremely nice Friday, um, I took the boys to the park, uh, and I was going to run around the park no matter, no matter what, but, but everybody was there. Everybody in Republic seemed to be there. Half of you were there. Uh, it, it was one of those days everybody was at the park. There was this kid, like seven, eight years old, um, uh, uh, riding this big boy motorized scooter. This thing was way too big for this kid. Like, he couldn't control the thing. He was all over the place. He was in the middle of the, the track thing, and I'm running. He's making me nervous. Like, this kid's going to smoke me here, um, just wipe me out. But what if he was coming straight for me? And I said, you know what? I'm in the right. I'm on the right side of the sidewalk. I'm in the right. By golly, I ain't moving. What would happen? He'd take me out, right? I'd get hurt. No matter if we are in the right, if we dig our heels in and say, I am in the right, I have my rights, and I'm going to, I'm going to stand here strong, what happens? We still get hurt. We still get hurt. And probably we can think of a time that we dug our heels in, even though we're right, but we still get hurt. Because in America, we like our rights, right? But if we dig our heels in on it, we're still going to get hurt. 
How do we deal with this? How do we move past this? My love thrust his hand through the opening. He keeps going. He's going he's to jimmy the lock here. He's going to get himself in. My feelings were stirred for him. This isn't feelings of anger. She completely changes. In fact, in fact um, uh, the literal translation is that of this is, my bowels were stirred for him. She had, she had a bowel movement for him. If you remember, if you've been with us for a while, remember the series, you know, bowel movements for Jesus. Back in this day, it wasn't, it wasn't my heart was stirred. That's not how they said it. That's how we say it now. Then it, my bowels were stirred. So we, now we need more bowel movements in our marriages. So you're like, no, no, we don't. No, no, we don't. (laughs) But isn't that a little bit closer to where, you know, the feeling is stirred here? She's stirred for him. She's like, oh, man. Yeah, I really do want to be with him. I rose to open for my love. My hands dripped with myrrh. My fingers were flowing with myrrh on the handles of the bolt. Um, um, She's ready. I opened to my love, but my love had turned and gone away. I was crushed that he had left. I sought him, but did not find him. I called him, but he did not answer. She's like, oh, man. I dug my heels in. I missed an opportunity. And it kind of gets weird here. The guards who go about the city found me. They beat and wounded me. They took my cloak from me, the guardians of the walls. Like, this is that's odd, right? Especially if we take that literally. I don't, I, don't think, you know, I don't think the watchman would literally like beat on a queen. Um, what I think is happening here, that she's using this as a metaphor of what she's doing to herself. That she's crushed. She's beating herself up for missing this opportunity. And I think that if she was, she was here with us, uh, uh, saying this to us today, I think that she would say this. Was it inappropriate? Yeah. Was I in the right? Yeah. Did I dig my heels in? Yeah. I missed an opportunity. And I think that she would say, selfless lovers find opportunities to serve. Selfless lovers find opportunities to serve. Again, let's take this outside of marriage, an illustration outside of marriage to bring it back in. John 13 shows probably the most poignant act of service Jesus did short of the cross. This was the Lord's Supper, the Last Supper episode. This is really the Passover meal that they were celebrating the Passover that happened many years before when, when, the, when the Israelites were in Egypt and they were underneath the bondage of slavery and we had the ten plagues and now we, or nine plagues and now we have the tenth plague of the firstborn being killed. And what did God tell them to do? He told them, kill a lamb, put the blood of the lamb over the doorpost. And if the blood of the lamb is on the doorpost, I will pass over your house and I will not kill your firstborn son. And this was a foreshadowing of what was going to happen with Jesus. And now Jesus is celebrating this meal with his boys and also reinterpreting the meal to mean his blood and his body. But sometimes what we miss is this. The conflict was ripe in that room. The tension was so thick you could cut it with a knife. First of all, all of the disciples, they had been arguing over who was the greatest. 
They're like, no, I'm the man. No, I'm the man. No, I'm the man. No, I'm the man. It'd be like all the team leads and all the elders fighting over who was the most awesome Christian. That's not what we do in our meetings. Like, just, just let you make sure. That's not what we do in our meetings. How awkward would that be, right? But this is what we've got. So all these people who have just been fighting over who's the awesomest come into this room, and it's expected that the lowest slave would wash the feet of everybody else because they've been walking on dusty, dirty, donkey, horse, camel, traveled roads, and what do donkeys, horses, and camels do after they eat? They've been stepping in all this. And they've got a reclining table. Their feet's all up in everybody's business. So what are you going to do? You're going to wash people's feet. But there's reserved for the lowest slave. And all these boys who have been fighting over who's the greatest, what are they not going to do? Not going to say, I'm the lowest slave, right? But what does Jesus do? Takes the basin, takes the towel, and he washes their feet. As ripe as the conflict was between those 12, the conflict was even riper for Jesus. Why? Because he knew in just a matter of hours, really almost minutes, that 11 of them were going to turn their back and hightail it out of there, and one of them was going to betray him with a kiss for 30 pieces of silver. But what does he do? He washes the feet of all 12 of them, including Judas' feet. Does Jesus understand selfless lovers find opportunities to serve? Unlike anybody else. Because there is nobody more right than Jesus. But what does he do? He takes the basin, he takes the towel, and he serves anyway. Selfless lovers find opportunities to serve. Now let's talk about this specific instance. This is any conflict. Any conflict, inside marriage, outside of marriage, if you decide to serve, it has a tendency to squash the conflict. But let's take this one. See, the beauty and the frustration of serving be the answer is that there's no one right answer. One time, the right answer may be, go ahead and have sex. Next time, the answer may be, not tonight, but tomorrow. See, someone that studies conflict and studies all this is, 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 says, you know what? You know what's better than just saying no? That helps conflict along? If you say no with a yes. Not this, but we can't do this. Isn't that serving? Maybe, maybe, maybe it's, I'll let you in, but not tonight. We can make out or we can cuddle or we can spoon, you know, Whatever. But see, the the answer isn't necessarily the same. And the answer that's right for today may be not the answer two weeks from now. See, that's the beauty of serving being the answer, because there's no one right answer. But that's also the frustration, because in America, we like there to be one right answer. You just tell me what I'm supposed to do, right? Right? Just tell me what I'm supposed to do and I'll do it. But some of you probably would prefer me to say, absolutely, just have sex every time. Just absolutely. Why? Because that's the right answer. No, that's not the right answer. Serving is the right answer. And it's more frustrating sometimes because there's no one right answer. You have to figure it out together what serving looks like. And, like I said, It's not always going to be the same thing every single time. 
But in order to serve, there has to be a foundation. There has to be a foundation. What's that foundation? Young women of Jerusalem. She's talking to her harem here. I charge you, if you find my love, tell him that, I love, uh, that I'm lovesick. I miss him so much. And they answer him, what makes the one you love better than another? Most beautiful of women. What makes him better than another? That you would give us this charge. Translation. He did you wrong, girl. Why on earth would you not dump his butt? It's in there. It's in there. It's in there. But isn't that the, vo- the, isn't that the voice we get? Why go through this conflict? Why go through this conflict? Why serve him through this conflict? You deserve much better than that. We're going to see her response here in a couple of weeks, but she decides to serve through conflict. Why? Unconditional love. Unconditional love. Why could Jesus serve? Take up the towel, take up the basin. Actually, John 13 says, he knew his father loved him, so therefore he washed their feet. He knew that his father loved him unconditionally, so he was able to love unconditionally. We can do this because we know our Father loves us unconditionally, so therefore we can serve unconditionally no matter what happens in the future, no matter how they react to it. We know we can serve unconditionally and love unconditionally because our Father loves us unconditionally. See, this is why we don't want conflict, because we are afraid of security. We are afraid that 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 other person isn't going to love us unconditionally. Imagine this. What if both people decided, I'm going to love you unconditionally and I'm going to serve you unconditionally? Imagine if that happened in our homes. And we actually, instead of shoving conflict underneath the rug, instead of not talking about issues, instead of not doing stuff, instead of not, not dealing with conflict, we're able to deal with conflict in a healthy way through serving one another. What if we did that? Don't we feel better when we do that? I mean, we're in church, right? And this is our sane moment. Like, like don't we feel better when, when we serve somebody else through conflict? And actually what happens, the relationship grows because we're able to work through conflict. Ingredient number five for a growing marriage. Now, notice, I'm not saying great marriage. See, that bar is way too high for all of us to achieve. So we'll shut down. But can you take the next step? Can you take the next step in your relationships? Ingredient number five is a towel. Can we take up the towel in our relationships to serve people? To serve through conflict? Because when we take up the towel and serve through conflict, what do we do? We actually fan fan. The flame of love, don't we? That's what we looked at last week. We get that feeling of, this is good, this is right. I might not have stood up for my rights, but this is right. Some of you may be living in this conflict right now, and both of you have dug your heels in. I encourage you during this reflection time to take the towel. Talk it through. 
you need to go out there and talk it through, it's fine. Deal with it. Well, he and, well, she and, if she and, if the... Servant lovers initiate. They don't care who. Started, did, was wrong. Servant lovers initiate. What if God waited for us to come to him to go to the cross? What if? And if you're not sitting there in conflict now, you will sometime this week, right? With somebody, somewhere, sometime, something. You will this week. Ask God, ask Jesus for strength to take up the towel because this is not the easy answer. It might be the simple answer, but it's not the easy answer. We feel like we're going to do it sitting here in church, right? We're all spiritual and religious and everything here in church, right? But come Monday, when that conflict happens, we don't feel so spiritual then, right? So ask God for strength to take up the towel so that you can serve through conflict. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, Lord, I thank you for your word. In, in the middle of your word, in the middle of this book about two people being married and what that looks like, you put conflict right in the middle of it, right in the apex of it. Lord, relationships, period, would be better if we just chose to serve. I just pray, Lord, that you will um, impress on our hearts this morning that um, we need to serve. No matter what that looks like, there's no right answer. Give us the strength to take that first step. And this week, if we're not sitting in conflict right now, this week when we have conflict, that this you, you, you put that in our mind. What does it look like to serve? Help us so that our marriages can be healthy and growing, so our relationships can be healthy and growing, and that people will look at us and go, what is this? In your name we pray. Amen.